But guys, I want to talk to you about a message that's entitled How to Overcome Obstacles. That song there tells us how to do it. If you listen to the message, and it's, uh, it's with confidence. Confidence built in the fact that there is an element of faith, trust, and obedience that flows with that confidence that allows us to stand forth and to overcome the difficulties or obstacles that may occur in and through our lives. The message is found in the book of Joshua. In Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 21, it is the conquest of Jericho and how they overcome, overcame the obstacle and was able to see the city of Jericho taken as God had commanded it to be done. And so I give a shout out to the fathers today because one of the greatest qualities that a father can ever display in my life, your life, is to be a man who believes in God, not only just believes, but trusts in God, not only just believes and trusts in God, but one who is obedient to God. And you put all those things together, and it will create a, a great equation, an ending product to that equation that will turn out to be always positive. And we as fathers, I included, haven't always been that way. And we still struggle to remain that way. And yet, one of the greatest qualities we can leave or leave a legacy of is to be remembered of a man who believed in God, who had faith in God, and who was obedient to God in the process. We say that to moms. We say that to everyone today. And that's basically the message in a nutshell. That's the theme. I've just given you really all that we're going to be talking about. And that is the message. So don't leave. Just hang with me. I got a little bit more I want to say to you. But how to overcome obstacles found in Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 21. Rather lengthy passage of Scripture, but let's get the context of what we're talking about today. Now, Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites. No one leaving or entering. Now, you get the picture. Jericho is, is fortified by the enemy. Every, it's surrounded and the people of Jericho cannot leave, but yet the enemy cannot penetrate the walls of Jericho. So it's really fortified on both, both extents. All right? And the, continuing on, the Lord said to Joshua, Look, I have handed Jericho, its king, and its fighting men over to you. All right? This is a city that's completely fortified. Here is a people that has no power to conquer the city because it's so fortified. Fortified again, surrounded by the army, and, and yet inside the city where was the enemy. And yet, God says to Joshua, it's yours. It is already a victory. It is yours. I need you to do a couple of things. I need you to believe in me. I need you to have faith in me. And I need you to be obedient to me. If you follow those three things, you're going to see these walls fall. All right, in verse 3, it continues on. March around the city with all the men of war circling the city one time. And do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven ram's horn trumpets in front of the ark. But on the seventh day, march around the city seven times 
while the priests blow the trumpets. When there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you, you hear its sound, all, have all the people give a mighty shout, then the city wall will collapse, the people will advance, each man straight ahead. So you get the idea. Now, I've got a solution. I've got a, a pretty good strategy that you've never had to do in wartime before. In fact, you can leave your guns in the bushes. I don't need any war equipment on. You don't have to wear armor. I just need you to be in casual clothes, smile while you do it, and for six days I want the, all of the people, the army, to, to march around the city but to do it silent. And do it one time for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to march around the city seven times. And at the end of that seventh march, you're going to hear the blast of a trumpet. And when you hear the blast of that trumpet, I want you to shout, not pull the trigger, not advance on the city. I just want you to shout. And when you do, the walls will come tumbling down. Will you believe in God? Will you have faith in God? And will you be obedient to God? So Joshua, the son of Nun, summoned the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, and having seven priests carry seven trumpets in front of the Ark of the Lord. He said to the people, Move forward, march around the city, and have the armed troops go ahead of the Ark of the Lord." After Joshua had spoken to the people, seven priests carrying seven trumpets before the Lord moved forward and blew the trumpets. The ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. While the trumpets were blowing, the armed troops went in front of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard went behind the ark. But Joshua had commanded the people, Do not shout, let your voice, do not let your voice be heard. Don't let one word come out of your mouth until the time I say shout. And then you are to shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the city circling at once. They returned to the camp, spent the night there. Joshua got, early, got up early the next morning. The priest took the ark of the Lord, the seven priests carrying seven trumpets, marched in front of the ark of the Lord. When the trumpets were blowing, the armed troops went in front of them. The rear guard went behind the ark of the Lord. On the second day, they marched around the city once, returned to the camp. They did this for six days. So you see the repetitiveness. Early on the seventh day, they started at dawn, marched around the city seven times in the same way, and this was the only day they marched around the city seven times. After the seventh time, the priests blew the trumpets. Joshua said to the people, Shout, and for the Lord has given you the city, but the city and everything in it are set apart to the Lord for destruction. And then later down in verse 20, So the people shouted, and the trumpet sounded, and when they heard the blast of the trumpet, the people gave a great shout, and the wall collapsed. The people advanced into the city, each man straight ahead, when they captured the city. They completely destroyed everything in the city with the sword, every man, every woman, every young and old. That means children as well. Every ox, every sheep, and every donkey. And the city was taken. It was not taken because of the force and the mightiness of the Israelite army. It was taken because of the power of the Lord God who can do the impossible. What looked like impossibilities, God made possible that day. 
This chapter tells the story of Jericho. As a child, if you were raised in, in, in through Sunday school or maybe a vacation Bible school, you may have heard the story or you may have sung the few songs or you may have seen the pictures of how the walls come tumbling down. Would they move in spite of the obstacle? What was the obstacle? The obstacle was a city that was fortified and strong, a city that could not be penetrated by the men of Israel. They could not do it on their own strength. They were up against a major obstacle. Are they going to go through this or are they going to retreat and run? You and I, as fathers, as mothers, as believers, as children of God, have a choice to make. We're either going to believe in God, have faith in God, and be obedient or not. The result is that if we have the faith in God and believe in Him and have the faith and to move forward in obedience, we're going to see God work in His power and His might. We're going to see more often than none the all things becoming possible with God. We're going to see more than none. You're going to see God do things that are amazing. You're going to see wonders. You're going to see miracles. You're going to see things that blow your socks off. You're going to see things that blow your circuit. You're going to see God do things that are beyond explanation. But if we choose not to believe in Him and have the faith and obedience, we're never going to see that. And so you and I are always up against an obstacle, whether we're going to believe in God or not. Are we going to trust in God or not? Joshua teaches us how to overcome that obstacle so that we can keep in following the will of God for our lives. He has a divine design. He has a purpose. He has a plan. He knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for me. He knows what's best for the church. He knows what's best for the community. He knows what's best for the world. But are we going to follow him to find the best that he wants to have for our individual lives? So let me give you victory that can happen through obstacles. Victory that can happen through obstacles. Number one, obstacles are overcome through communication. It is overcome through communication. Now, what do I mean by that? Go back to verse 1 and 2 that we read. Listen again. Now, Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites, no one leaving the city. This is the key. The Lord said. The Lord spoke. The Lord said to Joshua. In other words, the Lord spoke to Joshua, gave him specific communication. Obstacles are overcome through the communication with your father. It is overcome because of the communion that we have with the awesome God who can do amazing things. The major obstacle facing Joshua and the people of Israel was Jericho. But was it? Was it really the city or was it the lack of faith that they had in God who could do the impossible? If they could not conquer the city, then all the hope for the Israelites were gone. How would they reach the city? How would they scale the wall? Joshua had God and, and yet he heard God communicate to him. 
In verse 2, and the Lord said to Joshua. Now let me ask you this. When was the last time you heard God say something to you? It's not really a question to answer out loud. It's a question to ponder. You say, well, pastor, I don't know if I've heard God through a burning bush like Moses, or I heard the voice come forth like Isaiah, or like Joshua, or any other character we read about in Scripture. But have you? Have you ever been ever going to do something, and all of a sudden, something says no on the inside of you, and you realize that, that you were going in one direction, and all of a sudden, you knew deep down inside the answer was no. Could it be at that moment you heard the voice of God? You heard your father speak to you. And at that moment, you have a decision to make. Am I going to believe that the voice that I just heard was God communicating to me? Am I going to have faith to do what that voice has told me to do? And am I going to be obedient to choose what's right that I know is best for my life that God has directed me toward? The same voice that Joshua heard is the same voice you hear. And it's the same voice that I hear. And as a result, if we're going to overcome any of the obstacles or what looks like the impossibilities that are before us, we're going to have to communicate to Father God. We're going to have to, to call out to Him. Now, I can't help but think as I was looking at this message and we're, we as a church, a Gathering Community Church, are up against a major challenge. You know, we, we were in the process of building land and the pandemic happened and prices soared. We went from a 1.2 to 1.3 bill to close to $2 million for the same material and the same bill. We're up against a challenge. Are we really going to, do we really believe that God has a plan for this church? Do we really believe that God can provide all that we need? Do we really have the faith and the obedience to move forward? Sometimes all it takes is to put a shovel in the ground and to make it happen, and we move forward. So we're up against the challenge. We're living it. We're living a Joshua moment. We're living it at this very moment. And where, where do we, how do we overcome that obstacle? It begins when we fall on our knees and we cry out to God, and we say, God, this is consecrated to you. And we're calling on your reserve, your, your, your blessings from heaven to fall down upon your purpose and plan for our lives. Jericho was, at, was a fortified city, but Joshua had a God who had fortified him. And he believed that God was bigger than any city. He believed that God was bigger than any land. And so the Lord spoke to Joshua, and through this statement, it seems odd, but it applies to our life that such communication with God is common as you and I follow what God tells us to do. In verses 2 through 5, he basically says, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. It's already yours. It is your victory because I'm God and you're not. You can't do it, and I can. And it is yours because you believe in me. You belong to me. It is yours, but you're going to have to do a couple of things. You're going to have to believe that I've given you this city. You're going to have to have the faith to do as I command you to do. 
And you're going to be obedient, have to be obedient to see this victory through. And so he basically says, I've handed the land, I've handed the people, I've handed the king, I've handed the fighting men, I've handed everything, silver and gold and all that's in that city, I have handed it all over to you. You're talking about winning a lottery. They just won the lottery. They just won something of a major, major portion that was going to advance them to that promised land that is to be inhabited by all of the people. Now listen to this statement. Whatever your obstacle, God is willing to cross it with you. Do you hear me? Whatever your obstacle, God is willing to cross it with you. He's not going to push you out and say, good luck. <laughs> you know, hang on as you drop off the cliff, and if you find a piece of rope, grab it. Because if you don't, when you hit the bottom, you're gone. No, he's going with you. He is committed to communicating with his people and to provide the strength, to provide the comfort, to provide the hope. If you and I are up against a wall and we want to know how to do it, don't try to overcome the wall yourself. Commune with God first. And yet watch God put forth the plan of action rather than you and I falling down to the uh, last resort of defeat. Number two, obstacles are overcome through communication. And number two, difficulties are defeated through compliance. Now, I don't like the word compliance, and I used it to try to grab your attention this morning. And it also was another C that I could come up with to fit in this outline. But compliance. Now, I'm not talking about complying to society, nor complying to all the other ridiculous stuff that we see in our society today. We're talking about a different compliance, a compliance that basically is talking about obedience. And in verses 6 and 7 of Joshua, of Joshua, it says, So Joshua the son of Nun summoned the priests, and he said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant. Now, why is the Ark of the Covenant important to take up? Well, the people believed that God was... was was resident inside that ark. They've got, you got to keep the mindset that, that God was over here until they built this ark. And it represented a beautiful symbol that God was with them everywhere they went. So when they traveled, they took the ark with them. Inside the ark were a couple of things. You've got, you've got the Ten Commandments. You've got the rod of Moses. You've got other little items that are inside that uh, manna from heaven. You get, you get all those things inside that ark to represent God's movement in the life of the people when they were up against the greatest obstacle of their life. The wilderness, understanding what's right and wrong, the Ten Commandments, up against the Red Sea when they looked like they were going to all die in the hands of the Egyptians, when they were hungry in the wilderness and they had no food. All those things are inside that ark and it represented the movement of God in their life. So the ark was first. God was first. The presence of God was lifted up, was magnified to the point that they knew that God was who he was. No one touched the ark. 
Only that one priest. If anybody touched the ark, they would die. We know it's recorded in Scripture when someone accidentally touched the ark and immediately they dropped dead. It's, that's how holy this ark was for the people. So it was the movement of God before them. And he tells them, advance, take up that ark of the Lord, have the seven priests and all those come together, have the trumpet sound. Remember the trumpets in the book of Revelation. It is at the trumpet sound that the skies will split and Jesus will come back and he will rapture the church. The trumpet has glory. The trumpet has meaning. The trumpet has a magnificence of God. And so right he's doing right here is he's demonstrating to the people, you're going to see the magnificence of God if you believe in me, if you have faith in me, if you're obedient to me. You're going to see the magnificence of God, and you're going to see a city captured all before your eyes without you ever pulling the trigger because I am God and you are not. And so the difficulties are defeated through compliance, through complying to the, and obedience to what the Lord has for the people. In the face of a great obstacle, Joshua complied with the plan of God. In other words, you can take that word compliance and change it to submission. You can change it to yielding. You can change it to submitting our heart to the heart of God. It means to have the same heartbeat beaten in line with God. And he understood the plan was there, the significance of God in motion. He understood what it was like to know that God was up to something. So Joshua said, I, I in my house, we will serve the Lord. I will follow you. And Joshua moved the people to action. He guided them. And yet here they were, understanding in the process of their movement and their compliance, their yielding, their submission, and their obedience. However term you want to use, God would use a man like Joshua so that their faith could rise up. Their faith could rise up and they could become a people of obedience as Joshua became that example. Simply following what God instructed for them. And the people followed. We know that. We have it recorded. And so the people followed. God instructed the people of Israel to carry the trumpets with the ark of the Lord following those six days, and they were not to speak. Can you imagine a huge mass of people? I mean, we can't even have a wedding with two people without somebody coming by saying right in the middle of the video, congratulations! <laughs> Can you imagine... Thousands of people marching around the city and someone saying, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> hey, hey, man, you, you, watch out for that, that stump up there. Can you imagine being silent for six days every time you marched around the city? Or maybe look back and say, Where, where's little Ben? The temptation to just, mm, to make a grunt. And it was complete silence. Why was that silence important? You say, well, it just sounds odd. No, there was a reason. You know why? Because God was speaking. God was moving. It was all of the people in one unison effort. And the shout that they were building forth was the shout of the voice of God. 
It was almost as if for seven days they were building this thing up within them so that when they shout, all glory from heaven would fall down and God would reveal everything that he was about to do. So God instructed the people to do those things and then they were to shout in glory to God because the city had been delivered. I mean, what an act of faith it was for Joshua. The people to march around the city, no, no previous battle had ever been won in, in such a manner. The first time this has ever happened, yet around the city they all marched. It was an act of faith as well as the act of obedience. Their obedience to God produced wonder. Their obedience to God produced a miracle. Their obedience to God produced a positive spirit. The, the, the movement, their, their hearts doing all that God called them to do, their obedience, it produced encouragement. It produced belief. They marched circle after circle around the city. I'm sure they could see the seemingly impossible situation. Someone in the crowd had to have fought. Are we nuts? Someone in the crowd had to have had a thought, or did they? According to Scripture, they believed. They all followed the leader, and they believed that God could do the amazing thing. The key that unlocked the door to a greater discovery of, of wonderful intimacy between the people and God was the key of obedience. They put it in the lock, and they turned it. Compliance is the key. Obedience is the key. Submission is the key to the moving of God's mighty hand in our lives. If you want to see something amazing happen in your personal life, with your children, with your spouse, in your work, in all of your communications, if you want to see something amazing happen, then do as as Joshua and the people did, stick the key into the lock that unlocks a greater discovery of intimacy by following in faith and obedience to God and watch God do something in your life. Don't try to figure it out yourself. Don't draw up the plan. Don't, don't, don't come up with your way of doing things. Listen to God as He challenges you to believe in Him. We are to walk in faith and obedience to his direction and the leadership in our lives. Number three, you want victory through obstacles? Impossibilities become possibilities through confidence. Impossibilities become possibilities through confidence. When the trumpet sounded in verse 20 and 21, the people shouted, at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave that loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in and they took the city, just as was commanded them. It was uncommon common sense to believe that God could make the impossible possible. Yet in the end, the walls fail. You see, the walls were not the problem. They never are. The walls are never the problem. The problem was the people. We're always the problem. God has the power to do as He chooses, but He desires that we act in obedient faith, and when we do, 
He takes care of the walls. So if you're up against an obstacle, you may just need to become silent and just sit back and wait. Commune with God, believe in God, trust in God, be obedient to God through the process, and let Him defeat whatever's before you, before you ever know it. Let Him do it, and yet watch Him take what looks like impossible and make it possible. Have the confidence to know that God is bigger than any obstacle you have. He's bigger than the city of Jericho. If He is, then He's bigger than any problem you have or I have. Hebrews 11 verse 30 reminds us, By faith the walls of Jericho fail after the people had marched around them for seven days. Victory was there after they marched. Now, in the beginning of the reading, God says to Joshua, before they ever marched, the city has been delivered to you. So it was already a victory. It was already done. But God waited to give them that victory only after they followed the instructions of marching around the city. And they had to do it for seven days with a loud shout at the end. So God's victory is already there in whatever obstacle is in your life. So whatever you're up against, it's already victory. It's already a victory. Because God's always victorious, victorious. The key is now, are we going to believe Him? Are we going to have the faith? And are we going to be obedient through the process to see the victory be given to us? So victory comes through obstacles. Do you have the confidence in God, first of all? Do you have the confidence in God? And what do you need to do to experience victory? I can't answer that for you. That's only for you to determine what's best. The answer lies into your heart with God. It may be that in answering that question, you'll hear the voice of God speak to you, that you'll hear it loud and clear, that you'll hear God say something to you that, that you didn't even know that you needed to do. Do you have that confidence in God that He owns everything, that He is above everything, and He is, he is God over your obstacle? And what do you need to do personally to experience victory? To see the walls come down in your life. To see victory handed to you. What do you need to do? Well, the great news is God's ready to bring victory. Great news is He wants you to, to celebrate in the impossible. He wants you to see those things become possible. He, he's, he's on the edge of His seat, ready to, to give it what needs to be given to you and me. But will we believe Him? Will we have the faith to trust Him? And will we be obedient? So the invitation today is to become obedient to God. To have a confidence in God, yes, but it all comes down to obedience. <coughs> Yielding, surrender, melting, humbling yourselves, 
falling down on your knees, saying to God, I give up myself to trust in you as my father. What better day, as Bob said in his prayer, that we thankful that we have a Abba Father, that we give our allegiance to the greatest Father of all. What better day than today to say to our Daddy, our Heavenly Daddy, I'm obedient to you. That's my gift to you this Father's Day. Will you make that commitment? Will you give Him your heart? Father, we thank You that we come before You knowing that You are... You understand everything within us and around us and before us. Even as we see it as difficulty, we see it as obstacles, we see it as impossibilities. But we know that you do not see those as difficulties or impossibilities or obstacles. You see victory. Help us to walk in faith, to give you our life, to be obedient to you, to trust in you, to believe in you. Thank you, Father, for loving us in spite of the times that we haven't loved you fully, in spite of the times that we have took on our own interest over and above the interest of others and your interest. Father, forgive us where we have sinned, where we failed you, but give us the courage to say we want to yield our life to you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.